what's going on Austin surrounding areas wherever you are this is the grapevine I am Giannis Banks and I am here with my what button did I just push with my oh oh yeah you definitely pushed some buttons today uh-huh. but it's okay um hey y'all how are you doing <laughs> it's yeah, I, I, today, Uh-oh. today ain't Giannis's day. It's always my day. Uh, no, it ain't. But happy belated Father's Day, happy belated Juneteenth. Uh-huh. You know, we, you know, we weren't here last week, but we're back. Um, and uh, there's a lot that's been going on. I forgot we weren't here last week. It happens to the best of us. I'm okay. It's yeah, yeah, it is. It mm-hmm. does. We'll survive. And want to give a quick shout out to Joelle. Okay, what's she is? She didn't tuned in, so oh, just want to. Yeah. What up, Joe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good deal. So yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's hopefully, hopefully people have gotten their power back and their goods and that storm that hit the other night. When was that? Was that last night? The day before? I, can't uh, I don't remember. It's all a blur at this point. Uh, needed that rain, though. I know that much. Get a little cooling off from um, this weather. That's what we needed. So I'll take it. Here we go. I'm on the right thing now. Um, but yeah, it, speaking of cooling off, mm-hmm. uh, man, um, you know, in Austin, we had a. Um, ordinance right council had passed the ordinance that said that hey when you're doing construction and what have you these jobs outside you work four hours or so you need to get a 10 minute water break it's a deal they have worked out or or conversations happen with different labor groups here and whatnot trying to get that set up because you know it's been 120 degrees 180 degrees outside so it only makes sense that for these hot days you should it sometimes to cool off because folks are having heat strokes. Right. Well, there was a bill that was passed this session. They called it the Death Star Bill because it eliminates pretty much all city ordinances that they feel like the, the state should handle and not them. And so in September, uh, starting in September, I think it's September 1st, um, they will be, that ordinance and uh, many others will no longer be in effect. Mm. And part of that problem is that you are already seeing folks having some heat strokes right. uh, out here, whether it's been construction. And there was a whole other bill that dealt with the prison prisons because the prisons have no AC and the Senate didn't do anything about. Uh, and so you've had some inmates as well as some uh, prison guards who have been having heat stroke symptoms. And one of them actually even died. Uh, uh, oh, wow. They haven't said it was a heat stroke yet, but it had all the symptoms of having a heat stroke. So, um, and your governor had was on a little tantrum with his vetoing this past Saturday. Where it, I know <laughs> he had Saturday to veto. I think to do all his vetoes, and even some of the bills he vetoed, he was like, "Yeah, this can come back up again uh, in a later special session." Mm. So he was out there hitting on bills, hitting on people who were who are against his voucher plan mm-hmm. as a way to be like you don't support my vouchers mm-hmm. i'm gonna kill your bill he was being petty so he also you know um vetoed a bill that i guess would enable the disabled the right to vote by mail mm-hmm. um and per, you know be able to provide that op- option so i guess it was a bipartisan legislation that actually you know, got that bill passed, mm-hmm. and um, and of course, advocates for disabled vot- voters were a part of the allies that were supporting this bill as well. And um, if you're not familiar, not from Texas, you might not know that um, our governor he is um, bound to a wheelchair. To what I understand, right? Yeah. Uh, is he able to walk at all? Do you know? Not at all. Okay, so he's bound to a wheelchair. I don't remember the reason. He was jogging in Houston uh, right after. I guess law school, what have you, and a tree branch fell on his back and crushed his spine. Oh, so it wasn't due to a military incident, or anything? no? Oh, and, okay. And, and while he was on the Supreme Court, he set it up. He ruled in favor and set it up so nobody can get the kind of settlement he got back when it happened to him. 
I don't far, understand. As far he's basically getting payments for life, mm-hmm. and there was no cap, so he's getting a good chunk of change for the rest of his life from that incident. Mm-hmm. And now I think they capped it at like two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. Is what you can kind of get for life, and treatment could be more than that, what have you. But he's getting a lot more, and he felt like that. No, this sh- there should be a cap on what you're getting, but it wasn't retroactive to impact him his payments. Right. Yeah. I just uh, I'm just shocked at the um, you know uh, the conflict of the veto of his bill being the fact that he is um, in the disabled community, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, and just knowing that and people needing that right to use their you needing that option mm-hmm. to vote by mail mm-hmm. to express their vote mm-hmm. it's a shame that he wouldn't have some sympathy mm-hmm. um it's it's a shame and surprising um that he doesn't have the same sympathy but again um like you were talking about earlier this is the same governor that is saying that um water breaks Water is not even necessary for workers that are out here in this 100-degree weather. It's pretty hot. Right. <laughs> um, so I don't know. And, and, and trust me, the list can go on. Right. In the bill you were talking to, they would be able to um, they would be able to vote electronically. They could mm-hmm. request an electronic ballot and use a computer to mark their choices. They would still have to print out, sign, and do that part. But mm-hmm. uh, this would make it easier for them. And... Yeah, he said, nah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, also in Texas, you uh-huh. know, our population has been shifting. You mm-hmm. know, um, there's people, a lot of people moving in and out the state. Mm-hmm. Not in the state, not out the state. Right. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people moving in the state. Um, we've talked a couple of times about how Austin is one of the largest growing cities here in not only the state of Texas, but the United States. Um so it's of no surprise that our as our population grows, our demographic mm-hmm. is shifting as well. So um, for the first time since, I think, at least 1850. Right. 1850, right? Is that when they... Uh, yeah. yeah. I was, I, I, from what I remember, I hadn't pulled the story up yet, but from, from reading it, yeah. Yeah, I think it will. Okay. So I just want to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of the population has shifted. Mm-hmm. So as far as the demographic goes, of course, like I said, it, the population has gone up, but also the number of Latinos has increased um, within the state population. So for the first time in Texas history... Um, the population is not majority white any longer. Right. It is now majority Hispanic. And so um, sometime they said in 2022, the Hispanic population surpassed the white population. And they are now the largest um, demographic here in the state of Texas. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time coming. I think we saw it um, starting off of the 2010 census mm-hmm. and ha- how those updates had been going that, that this was going to happen soon. I think you um, see that in some of the <laughs> bills that's been filed to try to do something about holding on to power. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when you look at some of the districts, the districts, the districts that's been drawn through redistricting, mm-hmm. it shows that the majority, the former majority population was trying to keep hold of the power that they had by trying to draw districts a certain way so that, their voice still would be the stronger voice in the state of Texas. So. Yeah, but I just, it, this is an interesting time, of course, because like you just said, it's the fact of a power grab from both sides mm-hmm. of seeing which side the demogra- this demographic would lean toward. Um, you know, one thing that was, uh, is interesting is we have a governor that we just talked about um, uh, ending, what is it, the workers... Those water breaks. I'm sorry, I couldn't yeah. remember what it was. The work was water breaks, and if you think about it, majority of these construction workers that are out here are Hispanic. Oh yeah. So how does that impact? You know, the votes now coming up in these next couple of elections. Um, I don't know when Abbott's next election is. Of course, he just was. It's every re- four years. Oh, it's every four. I thought it was. No, it is every four here. He was just reelected. Yeah, every yeah. four years. Okay, so if we have four more years. It will be interesting to see if the state flips or not. Um, you know, I know that both sides, especially during the election season, they do a lot of what people call pandering to whether it's whatever side or demographic. So you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see. But I think this is also an opportunity, especially 
I'm, I'm definitely going to say this on the black community radio, but for allies, mm-hmm. you know, to create that allyship, you know, to make sure that um, uh, voices are heard. Mm-hmm. And so um, I hope that this is a great opportunity to really mix the pot yeah, a little bit. Uh, I think you've seen um, there's been conversations starting about allies like you're talking about mm-hmm. uh, when you look at the, how the districts this, the population of Texas has grown it's been growing and Texas has gotten new um, congressional districts off the back of Hispanic and black um, population going up the reason why we have those new congressional seats is because of those two populations for the most part um, but you don't see that reflected in the congressional districts that are drawn mm-hmm. where they have actually even taken away a couple of Hispanic seats and I think they there was some that were trending that way that they said no nah, we don't want that mm-hmm. to happen as well so mm-hmm. it's a mess right yeah i mean it is but like i like you i think we're both saying it's a great opportunity as well and hopefully that we see some more partnerships and collaborations and progress mm-hmm. in the state of texas mm-hmm. so um also meanwhile here in austin as well i think we're getting some people coming back to the state i mean to the city to Austin. Yes, we are. Um, of course, folks were, <laughs> there had been some concern uh, with the state troopers being in Austin uh, in policing, especially when those numbers came out to see what the arrests are looking like and what have you. And they had been gone for a while, Austin, the state troopers, because they sent them down to the border. But it looks like uh, the DPS is coming back to Austin starting on July 2nd, right, July in, ta- 2nd. right in time for the 4th of July. Celebration. Better act right with these fireworks. They back. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So they'll be back in town. Um, And I know that there had been folks concerned with, one, how it was done. uh, Because it wasn't any public conversation. And city council members weren't involved. And it was kind of a deal done by the mayor. Um, And there was groups that, once again, was even more concerned once the data came out. And how they don't have to uh, adhere to the Austin way. Right. And then just to bring people up to speed as well, there was an initiative that began on March 30th and it was like a way to assist the APD, mm-hmm. um, Austin Police Department, um, be- um, because they had a staffing shortage. Mm-hmm. They're about three, four hundred officers short in Austin, something like that. I don't know. It's a crazy number. Oh, 300 vacancies. There it is. Um, but anyway, um, since that program, you know, they've seen a decrease in crime and everything else. But meanwhile... In May, they got pulled out mm-hmm. of Austin because they had to go to the border mm-hmm. um, due to uh, what was that going on at the border at the time? Oh, Abbott had his border <laughs> plan. Governor Abbott had his. I forgot what he called it. OK, there you go. So Governor Abbott told them all they had to go to the border. Right. So we were short police. And so now finally it's come to a point where Abbott is releasing them from the border i guess i don't know what's going on it's kind of a mixed signal because if you watch cnn or msnbc it seems like or excuse me not those two channels on fox it seems like it's like a border crisis but he's sending people back to work i don't know okay whatever but meanwhile um you know they're gonna be back in the city y'all make sure you act right Mm -hmm. um you know they will be patrolling downtown again um, and yeah, everything. East, east side, really, is what I think folks are, were, saw, were seeing, I should say, from the data. Yeah, from the data. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the concerns is that, you know, they felt like the black and brown people in the communities were being targeted, mm-hmm. um, which was a concern with this partnership. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't know how that's going to be for them, uh, you know, especially coming back from a grueling time in Brownsville at the border. I don't know how that's going to be for them. But hopefully... It brings some calmness, and there's not too much chaos when they return. What do you think? I don't expect, yeah, it's going to be just like how it was before. I don't see any. You think so? Yeah. Mm. I I don't see it being any different, Mm. unfortunately. Mm. Okay. Well, also, well, let's get to some news and let's take it around the country and the world. Sure. (laughs) We got, uh, we got four HBCUs that um, uh, are actually receiving funds for mental health services. Um, if you remember, remember last year, we were talking about the bomb threats that the right. campuses were getting. Right. Okay. So they were, they're now going to receive grants 
for the students at these schools. So I want to kind of shout, um, list the schools. So if your student does go there mm-hmm. and they are, you know, suffering from what happened, hold on, I, I'm going to finish, but then I got something for you. Okay. Um, if they are suffering and experiencing anything from those bomb threats uh-huh. at their, um, that happened at their school, yes. there are some services available. And I'm saying this, I'm going to say it again. I know this is summertime. I'm going to say it again when school starts and everything else. But Texas Southern is on the list. Mm-hmm. Delaware State um, University in Dover, Delaware is on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claffin University in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And Howard University in D.C. is on the list as well. So Texas Southern will use the funds for in-person and telemental health services for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, Delaware State, they're developing a mental health first aid um, education program and will also pay for overtime expenses for counselors, social workers, and law enforcement officers to help address safety and health concerns. Mm-hmm. Claffin will use their funds to hire um a clinical social worker and Howard is using them to hire two case workers who are responsible for conducting wellness and contacting families on an as need basis related to student wellness concerns. So if your students are at those schools, there are new resources that are available there because mental health matters. And I, um, you know, their success is usually relies on their mental health as well. So with that being said, just know that these universities do have some resources. If there is any more that come down the pipeline, I will be sure to report on that as well. Sure. We've talked about mental health a lot on this show, and I think you hear it spoken about a lot more right. nowadays as well. So uh, it sounds like possibly it probably can start it now um, with some of them if they've been there or what have you. Oh, yeah. Especially with TSU doing some telemental, mental, so. Oh, yeah, uh, it, true. There'll be that. So it sounds like you don't have to be there, and they may be, they may still be at TSU or living in Houston, but, um, yeah, if you need that help, get the help. Mental health is nothing to joke around with. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's okay if you need to get that help. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to bring this story up because I kind of want this, uh-huh. like, everybody's opinion about this because I just uh, feel some type of way. Okay. All right, so this Philly student, okay, was um, a senior at a Philadelphia high school. Uh-huh. And on February 21st, uh-huh. as he was walking home from school, um, he uh, was shot 10 times. A little girl was shot and a stray bullet as well. Mm-hmm. So he, um, due to those gun, I mean, from those gunshots, um, what you call, he has metal rods in his legs, mm-hmm. went over a dozen surgeries, you know, had to live with a colostomy bag for three months. He struggled with anxiety, depression, nightmares, all this stuff that he know is an effect. But um, one major thing, and thank God he survived. Okay. Okay. So he goes back to school. And the admin, oh, wait, excuse me, excuse me, before I say that. So the faculty and family, friends, community is watching the news. And within that news statement, the captain says that the the student was actually a target Mm. in this particular student. I mean, shooting, right? School sees this and hold an emergency meeting. And they come to the decision that he will not be allowed to come back to in-person learning. Furthermore, he is not allowed to go to prom or to graduation because they feel that if the police captain called him a target, he's bringing that target into the school with him. And so, therefore, they shouldn't, he should not be allowed to jeopardize the safety of the students. What do you, you know, they're fighting back about it. I, I it's interesting, yeah. um, to say the least. Um, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I I don't think they should ban him from um, the graduation and, and prom. Right. I, I don't think that should be happening. They arrested the guy who shot him. Uh, the young man says that uh, he never met the guy before. doesn't know what this is about. Right. So um, he doesn't know why he was a target. He's like, yeah, I never met him. I don't know anything about him. Right. Maybe he's looking for somebody who looked like me with a hoodie in the backpack that I had or something. I don't know. But right. I have no dealings with him. Right. I don't think they should ban him. Uh, we've seen them provide protection. Or if you have to step up security a little bit at prom or at graduation, what have you, okay, do it. But, yeah, I think banning this young man from 
the stuff that you, you talk about or they put into you for dreams of going to prom. But definitely graduation is what, you know, you go do these 12 years of high school or school for. I think he should, he survived being shot, was in a coma, went through a whole bunch of traumatic incidents. Right. Let this young man uh, walk across the stage and get his diploma. Yeah. Well, as for the person that shot him, um, he is in custody. He is in jail. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they referred his case to a grand jury already. Mm -hmm. So it's already in process, you know, for him to... Um, have to face the charges and consequences for his actions. I just think that it's so sad to see you're a victim and then you become, I, I don't know, public enemy number one at your own school, yeah. a safe haven. I don't know. So yeah, I just had to bring that up because I just felt, I was shocked at the story, but you know, as shocking, um, or not, um, this week, as you, many of us know, the Titan submersive, Mm -hmm. went down <laughs> and uh, with the Titanic and to do a Titanic explora exploration. Am I saying the right? Exploration. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, you know, that happened on Sunday when the uh, Titan went missing. And then what, when was that? On yesterday? Is yes. that when they said? Mm -hmm. uh, right. That they were, um, they passed away, that the submersive imploded. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Twitter had a field day. I will say that. Um, Jennifer Wooding, I just want to let you know, I'm calling you out. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the number of tweets I got from Jennifer Wooding and Patrice Bryant, calling you out too, girl. I'm just I'm just making sure my life, my 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 name mm -hmm. is still on in the pearly gates because them texts and y'all, whoever was on Twitter, all y'all that were on Twitter, uh, cutting up, y'all. Well, then you forward them to me. Anyway, so I'm just asking real quick you why know, you calling people out. Didn't you forward them to me? Did you hear Cardi B's response to oh, the okay. stepson? So you may want to uh, check on your. Did you did you entrance. did you see their response to the stepson on the on there? No, I know the Simpsons uh, had something of. Yeah. Kind of okay, so Cardi B like. Got into it with the stepson because they went to a Blink 182 concert. Okay. And see, here was my theory from the whole the whole time. I felt that already something happened on Sunday oh. because why did they wait eight hours in order to contact the Coast Guards and all that stuff to tell them about the emergency? I mean, that they were missing in the first place. So I think they already had inclination uh -huh. that this was already going to be a recovery effort anyway oh, okay. it wasn't it was never going to be a rescue and i think that over that time period and now you hear some people saying it now i think um that, that you know the the families for the most part had time to grieve while we were still in anticipation in hopes that they were going to you know be rescued the families pretty much already knew and they already knew the truth since sunday Okay. So I think that the stepson going to the Blink 182 con concert was not necessarily uh, being well, dismissive. Whose stepson was it? One of the billionaires that were on there. But oh. Cardi B was that kind of going back and forth about it, which I didn't understand why it was her place to tell somebody how to grieve or sit in anticipation. But that is what it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody <laughs> how to cope. Right. With loss. Right. Everybody does it differently. Right. Um, everybody does it differently. Yeah, right. Remember how they got mad at old girl who? Who was old girl? I'm about to tell you. Oh. I just can't remember her name. Uh, but the one who ran track was trying to go to the Olympics, but had tested positive for marijuana a few years back. Uh, she's out of Dallas. Um, has the the long nails. Texas she, girl. Mm -hmm. You're not talking about my girl. Don't do her like that. Do her like what? Are you talking about my girl here? I don't know until you tell me if you... Marion Jones. No. You're not talking about her, right? No. It was okay, like I love her. A couple years back, I said. Oh, like a couple years. Like literally this past oh. Olympics. Oh, um, I don't... Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, my other girl. She in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I can't think of her name. But yes, okay. Shikari Richardson. Shikari. Right. Hey, girl. But you know how folks got on her about... Because they said, well, why are you smoking weed? And she's like, yo, this is... She had was going through coping, mm -hmm. stressing. Da, da 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 da. I'm like, we can't tell folks how to how they're gonna cope, right? You cope in different ways. As long as you ain't hurting yourself, I guess you can say. Um, you know, you, you gotta let the people cope and do what they do. And if 
that's going to help them help the stepson i guess grieve or take his mind off of what's happening yeah do it do what you got to do yeah, I don't know. You are listening to The Grapevine. I'm here again with my co-host, Giannis. Yes, ma'am. All right, so jumping back into a story, because I think that, of course, Titan has overshadowed some major news that's been going on internationally. Yes. And wanted to just spotlight some serious things that are going on internationally, such as the ship that capsized. Um, it was a migrant ship mm-hmm. that sank off of Greece. Um, with more than 500 people that are currently missing. Mm-hmm. Um, they've pulled, I think, 80, maybe 90 bodies out of the water, and 104 people did survive, and they were able to get them. Um, the thing of it was, you know, uh, they're calling, kind of calling out Greece because they're saying that the authorities basically sat and watched the boat capsize without sending any help. However, the Greece, uh, Greek government has came back, said that, hey, we tried to send them help. They said no. And so, you know, it's unfortunate what, what happened. Um, there has been a couple of people that have been arrested. Um, I think they were from Egypt, Pakistan. No, those were the people that were from, excuse me, that were on the uh, the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I can't find the the nationalities of the nine people that were arrested in uh, connection to this. Um, you know, I think that for these people, they were looking for a better life outside of you know their respective com- countries. Again, that was Egypt, Pakistan, Syria, and Palestine that they were all from. And they paid money. They paid serious um, money. Yeah. Um, there, there's people that said that they paid four thousand dollars to board the boat. So if you want to multiply that by 750 people that they claimed that were on the boat at the time um it's a nice amount of money that they made um again they have taken this uh the suspects i mean arrested the suspect and they should be in court next week nine of them nine of them yeah Mm -hmm. all right and in texas again paxton he is going to be impeached his trial i mean he's he's already impeached right uh yes no No, technically he's impeached wait he hasn't been impeached. He trial. hasn't been impeached. Right. So it's different from how. The, yeah. Okay. So I get he's you. going through okay. an impeachment trial. He okay. was basically set up for the trial. Not okay. set up as in he didn't do it and da, 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 but they the House went through the proceedings to get this process started for his impeachment hearing. Okay. The most interesting part was about the wife. Explain that part because I, I, I don't even want to mess that up. Sure. So um, the Senate had to create the rules for the impeachment hearing. There's some rules that I am kind of concerned about. But, yeah, what you're talking about is that she, his wife, is a senator. Right. Uh, in the Texas Senate. And she had released a statement saying, I'm going to do my job as a senator and participate in the trial. And then that next day, senators got together and said, you know what? And rule number, I think it's like 31 or 32, the spouse of the person going through this will not be able to participate in any of the questionings, uh, any of the closed door meetings. She will only count for, um, she'll be able to sit in there and she'll be able to be counted for when it comes to votes as far as the number. Like there's 32 senators, so the threshold you need to hit she will count for that. Right. She won't have a vote for it, but she will count towards That's that where the problem is. And th- then that increases the number of votes to convict to 21 instead of 20. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's a small, I mean, it's one person, but, you know, one person can make a heck of a difference. Mm-hmm. So um, they need 21, pe- 21 senators to convict yeah. or impeach, excuse me, to impeach. Right. Paxton. All right, this is going to be um, interesting. And meanwhile, since we're on the impeachment topic. And she's mad, by the who, way. Who's mad? His wife. Oh, senator. of course she's mad. I want to be able to. Go ahead. Of course she wanted to be able to vote. I mean, who wouldn't be want to be able to sit there and, you know, be go out to bat for their husband? I know. I, I experience it all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Got to keep the roof over your head. Oh, uh, well. They you know, was allegedly paid for by somebody else. What were you about to say about impeachments? Uh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> speaking of impeachments, uh, Biden uh-huh. is um, the subject of a probe. Um, the House is opening an impeachment of Biden after the GOP leaders um, kind of pushed off the vote until now. So um, they approved a resolution referring articles of impeachment to two committees. Um, one is the Department of Homeland Security. 
and the other is the House Judiciary Panel to examine any wrongdoings, any evidence of wrongdoings um, related to the president's immigration policies. Mm -hmm. So it was approved on Thursday, 219 to 208, which is right along party lines. And, uh, you know, it's, it's you have to tiptoe on the line of calling things a witch hunt and all that stuff anymore, right? Because you don't want to get caught in that whole political and uh, legal game. But come on now. Yeah. The immigration policy, we're going to trying to find any evidence of wrongdoing. They didn't have any evidence. So they're going to ask them to find some evidence for them, basically. I have problems with some of the statements that um, leadership and Republican Party is making about how serious of an issue this is. And they don't think they should have probably... She should have forced this vote, mm -hmm. but then they voted for it. Like, don't sit here and talk about how serious this is. And, you know, I don't know if it's reached that threshold. Then don't vote for this to move forward. It's not that hard if you have a problem with it. But it is where it is. And then, she, you know, of course, Bilbert, Lauren Bobert was the one that brought it up. And then I was telling you her and Marjorie Taylor Green, Green mm -hmm. Taylor, they got into it on the House floor. They're no longer friends. Aww. They broke up on the House floor. Did they unfollow each other? Uh, they cussed each other out on the Aww. floor. Uh, Aww. being thrown because Marjorie was like, I was the first one doing it, and you are copying my style. I said about doing this, and here you are now doing it, and it should be me. Right. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> well, <clears throat> infighting. I told you. It's, it's going to be a show. As, you know, I know there's different parties and everything else, but this is going to be an interesting time. Pop popcorn to sit back and watch the show mm -hmm. because it is going to be a show. Mm -hmm. All right. Can I have a quick legal minute? I got just two cases. I'm going to get two of them. Mm -hmm. All right. So I've been following this story. I'm surprised it hasn't gotten any um, traction, but now I see why. So Damon John, um, he was granted a restraining order against Shark Tank contestant. I'm against two t Shark Tank contestants. All right. So. He, um, so what is it when the, you know, when the shark tank, when they, what is it? You got a deal. They make a deal within the shark tank. Mm -hmm. It was, um, Al Bubba Baker and his daughter, Brittany, as well as his wife, Sabrina. They went, they have a company mm -hmm. that I think they do like ribs, boneless baby back pork ribs. And they have some other processing that I think that they have a patent for that they, um, you know, utilize within their process. All right. So, this lady and her family, being the contestants, what I mean, they've been going all over social media and telling the nightmare experience they've had with uh, Damon John as their investor. And supposedly, they're claiming that he's doing a calculated and deliberate attack on them to, I guess, um, what is it like take away their equity of the company so basically take over do a hostile takeover of the company using their uh supplier mm -hmm. okay so it got so extreme that um like i said they have taken them uh he the company i mean the lady the bubba them people okay the, the boneless the boneless baby back ribs the, there you go the family right has taken john to court and mm -hmm. they're suing him for, I guess, you know, um, whatever. Their breach of their, I guess, some agreement or whatever. Okay. All right. So they go and uh, start on social media this whole campaign against John. And he got a restraining order and uh, a temporary, uh, a preliminary injunction against them for them to stop going on social media, for them to stop the games. And it's sad that you have to do this with some people, but, you know, there's a time, I mean, there's a place to handle your problems. Mm. And um, I think that's what he is trying to, you know, put it back into the courthouse instead of the court of public opinion. Yeah. So um, I'm following this case because I really find it interesting about that this has shifted. Their, their dynamic has shifted so much that they no longer even want to work with them at all. All right. Now, other one is Keenan Anderson. Now, you might not have heard of him, but um, following an encounter in January 2023, Keenan um, was... Uh, killed by the LAPD mm -hmm. um, after being repeatedly tased. His family has announced they intend to file a $100 million wrongful death lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles. Um, 
you know, he was 31 years old and he passed away from an enlarged heart and some drug use. Um, the coroner says that um, his death was determined hours after restraint and they conducted energy, I guess some energy device um, to, I don't know what that does. What does the energy device do? I, I think he's hinting at the taser. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, you know, the thing is, was the taser necessary and the, was it the use of it excessive? Mm -hmm. um, and they have released um, the video footage from several body cameras showing the interaction. And he was, of course, tased several times and he was saying they're trying to George Floyd me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the personnel, emergency personnel, they did arrive uh, swiftly on the scene and took him away by ambulance. But of course, where later he died. Um, the part, the family is represented by attorney Crump. And as this case progresses, I will let you know, but I do want to put it on people's minds mm -hmm. that, you know, um, we're still in a, a time when people are being subjected to this cruel and, um, we just need to better the relationship between the community and police. Hmm. I saw Crump in the airport last week. Really? Last Sunday. Did you say, hey? Nah, man. I don't bother Why? There was folks bothering him. You should have been like, hey, I work with your, like, your old former, like, intern back in the day. There was people bothering him already, trying to take pictures. I like, know. Like, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Now, where's this Bojangles at? I need to find. I was in Charlotte. Yeah, why would you do that? Because oh, Bojangles is is No, it's trash. It's great. Let me tell you, may her soul rest in peace, but my grandmother, mm -hmm. my dad's mom, mm -hmm. took me to Bojangles, actually, when I first moved to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't you ever take me there again. Yeah, you had the wrong It's one. only Popeyes. You had the wrong And one. she looked at me crazy as well. Yeah. She I should. think she snuck a couple of pieces of chicken uh -huh. a couple of times yeah. with me, but that's all right. No. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're about to jump into Black Excellence. We are, but uh, to do this one real quick, I think um, just wanted to give our condolences. I know we're going to do a mix on Untapped for them tomorrow, but... Uh, uh, the condolences for the family and friends of Big Pokey. Yes. Um, who tragically passed away on, on stage. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm hoping all the videos of it have been pulled down. Cause I think people have been sharing the video of of it happening. So I hope folks have pulled that down. Well, in, in some now. people's defense, I don't think people knew at the time mm -hmm. the extent of what was going on. And I think that after the fact of finding out the news and finding out that that was the kind of the moment that it happened, I did see it. And you know, that the most chilling part of that whole video is like you list, he literally took his last breath on the mic. Right. And, um, you know, we grew up listening to him. Come on, Yon. You know what I'm saying? We're playing something in the background. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He's like, we just grew up listening to him. Texas you know, legend without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, uh -huh. definitely condolences to him, his fans. I mean, his family, fans, and fa um, friends. Yeah, there's been an outpouring of love that that day, that next day, or that day when you wake up and you see all those posts. So, yeah. want to say, yeah, definitely condolences to his family. Um, we do have a guest today, but before we do go into a guest, I do want to send a special, special, special happy birthday shout out. And that happy birthday shout out is to Irene Clark. She's in North Carolina, and she is a former um, biology professor at St. Aug. She's been an educator, but no more than that, she is a mother, a friend, a family, cousin, and really helped... Um, shaped my time as I began law school as well and I just wanted to send her a happy 85th birthday um, because as much as she's impacted the community our um, black community out in North Carolina you know our family making sure we know our history and everything I just um, I can never say enough about her and how important it is from one generation to patch the torch to the next generation. And when you do have elders that do that, you know, make sure you honor them and look up to them and listen to them. Um, they do have some great insight, and I appreciate her as always. So um, just want to send some love to her. So happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. I call her Ann Irene. She's my cousin, but still, Ann Irene. <laughs> Yeah, get with you some Bojangles. Whatever. Uh, yeah, and we do have a caller who's called in. 
Okay. Let's see. Do we have them? Are y'all there? Y'all. See if I did this right. Yeah. Hello. 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 So on the phone, I really thought I did the instrumental for this, but apparently I didn't put it in the system because the grapevine <laughs> loved the kids. So I was doing the Whitney Houston joint, but I failed. Either way, um, we have on the phone Chantel and Gabrielle Curtis. Hi, and the reason why we have them on the phone, as we, you know, we do black excellence on this show, and Gabrielle, we like to support the kids and encourage the kids. Uh, she's 11 years old, and she is the youngest member of the Austin San Antonio Team Opera Alliance. Hey. And you don't hear too much about, um, one, black folks doing opera. Right. Nowadays, especially at a young age to be right. uh, interest, interested. Um, yeah interested so i want to talk to gabrielle first and see how you doing ma'am i'm good 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 so (laughs) what made you want to do opera because again we don't see that too often well i think it all started in fourth grade when my music teacher miss rojas she like put up these um posters for choir Mm -hmm. and I just really liked it, and then I decided, I think I might want to try opera um, the next year in fifth grade, mm-hmm. and I guess it kind of, and then my dad, sorry, he brought me to this really cool opera, and then I just really loved it from there. Okay. Awesome. Look, I'm smiling, like, from ear to ear, because I can hear my daughter, you know, I have a daughter as well, and I can... Um, hear it in your voice of you know your passion about mm-hmm. opera so tell me a little bit like you know how has opera opened your uh world how i mean how what experiences and what cool things have you been able to do through opera well i haven't started anything just yet mm-hmm. but over the summer i'm going to be doing this cool opera camp where i'm going to be learning the history of opera mm-hmm. and stuff like that because I just, I just. <laughs> no, you're good. Now, you come from, I guess you have a history of opera in your family. Is that correct? Are they singers? Yes. Um, I'm related to one of the very first um, black opera singers. His name is Jules Bledsoe. You said Jules Bledsoe? Yes, sir. Yeah. So that's the Texas roots, right? Yes, sir. Now, Nikki, you will like this because her, and you, as you talk about, you have a daughter that's uh-huh. similar age. Yeah, you and her mama's similar as well. She has a cool mom then. Okay, whatever. Yes, that means um, she's, your mom is amazing. If she said, if she if she's like me, then we're, we, I, I like to say I'm amazing. Yes, I'm an amazing mom. You are. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. I'm <laughs> glad you're so humble. Um, right. As both of y'all from San Antonio. Oh, oh. And then both of y'all went to that school down right outside of Houston. <gasps> Wait a minute. Gabrielle. Okay. You know. Hey, I love this. Yeah, yeah, I know some similar people. Um, Gabrielle, let me tell you, your mom is amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. She so, wears purple and green. Yes. I'm not purple and gold. I said green. Wow. Let's turn her mic off for a second because she don't know what school she went to. Hey, I'm so sorry. Clearly, school ain't that great. <laughs> Um, now, as you talk about your program, uh, you was mentioned that, and I see that it encourages students to participate in their individual fundraising to foster an understanding of independence. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Well, not turn down. Turn the wrong thing down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's turn you back up. Okay. Yeah. So how, as you've started this program, and the, where is it going to be, um, this camp that you mentioned? Where is the camp going to take place? Um, it's going to be taking place in Vail, Colorado during the end of the summer. Okay. And who's going to be there at this camp that, that you are looking to go to? Um, John McCullough. He's actually who I did my audition for to get into the camp. Oh, wow. And he's a Grammy nominated opera singer. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm still just amazed about how, what, fourth grade, fifth grade, you said you, decided opera that's the route i want to go yes like that's just had you been to operas before yes sir i just recently went to one since but i've been doing opera since i was a baby i'm sorry what now wait what 
I'm sorry. I've been going to opera since I was a baby. Yeah, yeah, no, I heard you, but still. You were in the opera since you were a baby, really? Where your mama? Put your mom on the phone. We got to verify this. Hold on. Hi. Hello. What's this about being <laughs> singing so, opera since she was a baby? What What was interesting is that um, when I was pregnant with Gabrielle, her father and I went to the Miller Outdoor Theater to go see Madame Butterfly. Uh-huh. And um, as a uh, as she was in my womb, as the music was playing, she was a pretty calm baby. Uh-huh. But when that music played and the voices um, came on, she was just fluttering around. And we laughed because we were like, wow. She was just having fun when she heard it. And it was just interesting. I... Um, took her later on when she was a toddler, which is rare. Who takes a child to the opera? But something Nobody. about her is different. Mm-hmm. So taking her to the opera, here we are, you know, the pretty much the in, in the most diverse city in the nation, Houston, Texas, at the time, we were one of the few people of color, even in the audience. Mm. And then I'm bringing a toddler. Right. <laughs> um... So we stood out, but um, people were shocked to see just even myself and then a toddler, but they smiled because it was so rare. But um, she was on her the edge of her seat more than me um, okay. at that age. And um, after the pandemic and all that transpired in our country, quarantine, political unrest, whatever, um, it is just awesome that she found this outlet Yes, that she could take part in that provided escapism. Right. Oh, kudos to you for, you know, allowing her to explore this. Because I know this is probably something, a whole new world for you too, you know, um, going yeah. down this avenue. So, and, you know. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. She uncovered um, uh, uh, this fact, family fact that, Several of us, our family's mm-hmm. large. Um, her uncle is Gary Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. And Gary, when he found out that she was taking um, part in the opera, Gary um, immediately told her um, about Jules Bledsoe, who I remember hearing about, but Gary was able to tell stories about him and mm-hmm. him being the first African-American to perform on Broadway. He was the person who made old man river famous oh wow and a hundred years later how this skipped so many this <laughs> art form so many different generations and came out in my child my 11 year old who was nine at the time mm-hmm. yeah, did, you, just <laughs> did you know she could sing no i thought she could not sing <laughs> That's how we all feel as parents. That's I'm sorry. Yeah. Meaning you hadn't heard her sing, or you're just like, no, nah, that's not it. Thing, but um, pop songs totally different than the opera. And her um, choir teacher at her elementary school, Miss Rojas, really took her voice to another level. Mm-hmm. It the confidence that she needed, um, coupled with the gentleman who she performed with and also i'd like to give a shout out to um andrea and madeline who's over the san antonio and austin um opera teen alliance which gabrielle is the youngest member of oh wow they're the ones who gave her the confidence to even audition to be to take part in the national teen opera alliance and to attend this camp Oh, wow. Big deal. I know. She is the youngest member in San Antonio and in Austin and the only African-American. Represent. There you go. Represent. There you go. I love it. And you know what? You are definitely paving the way Mm -hmm. for more faces to be in that choir next year and the years to come. And that's why I love doing these little segments because, you know, I want to introduce us. Right. To, you know, different things. Right. Uh, hopefully y'all will have a Instagram or Twitter or whatever, YouTube, something so folks can I know, see, follow, you follow along with that journey. And then if folks want to help with the journey, because, of course, you know, these things ain't ever cheap. I think you have a GoFundMe up for her if anybody wanted to help. <laughs> yes, she does have a GoFundMe. Um, and she's 
had to do a popcorn sale. Um, she's she's willing to do anything um, just to continue this. Uh, it's extremely costly. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, um, I think if they go to GoFundMe and they type your name, it's probably the easiest way to find it. I don't know how GoFundMe works, but I think that's how that will be easiest. Uh, Chantel Curtis. Oh, and you know what? And you know, since um, Mom, you are a proud alumnus of the. And don't don't look at me crazy. Uh, be honest. I'm looking at slice. Uh, okay, Prairie View A and M University. Just want to let you know that in the Houston area, there are some resources available for opera. We do have some PV alum that is that's a part of the HGO course. And the um, music department does hold regular workshops and master classes where the uh, soloist, uh, opera soloist uh, Angel Blue, she was there in October. So do keep up with the Thank university because they do have things going on for that as well. Thank you. Of course. Yep. And Chantel, this Hopefully, Gabrielle will be the seventh generation of our family to attend college. Hey, we, yes. well, not hopefully. We know we, we already know that to existence, but she'll follow <laughs> Jewel's footsteps be performing on Broadway, right? So, S A W N T E L Curtis is how you can find her on GoFundMe if you want to help, or if you see her there slinging some popcorn, get you some popcorn. I know that's right. Or what have you. Appreciate you, Chantel. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, thank you. Thank you, darling. Gabrielle, y'all take care. All right. Well, you know, it was fun. Always. That was nice. Okay. I thought you were going to go somewhere else where I was ready. I, my defense was up. Okay. My, I was ready to go. Nonetheless, you know, we will check in. Maybe I think we'll come back next week, right? Yeah, we'll be here next week. All right. Well, we will be back next week. That's right. You man. are listening. Um, you had anything else to say? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good, man. Shout out to A&T for getting $18.1 million to do some USA, USDA Don't try studies to turn my mic off either. Agriculture, man. We got to go. Y'all stay blessed. We out.